0: And welcome to Circumstantial Failures. My name is Matthew and I'm your host. And for those that aren't familiar with the podcast, we interview various fantastic guests who have been very kind enough to share some of the personal experience in their life that haven't necessarily gone according to plan and possibly why some of the circumstances around those experiences could have contributed more than any personal shortcomings. I'm really honoured today to be joined by Kevin Palmieri. He is a podcast producer as well as a host himself of the Next Level University podcast. He has incredibly over a 1,000 episodes and over 600,000 listeners across 125 countries. He has openly spoken about the challenges faced in his life, suffering from anxiety, depression and even contemplated suicide. After facing down such huge challenges, Kevin now dedicates his time helping others fulfil their own potential and overcoming their own setbacks in life. He does this through his podcast, as mentioned, and also through hosting communities, organising and speaking at events, as well as coaching courses all of which you can find out about at nextleveluniverse.com. So I'm really glad to have you on the show today, Kevin. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for joining you us. You are
1: so very welcome. I appreciate you having me. And I don't know if this is true or not, Matthew, but I have a feeling. Did you write that? Did you write that bio out?
0: Well, I wrote it and then read it very badly. That's all right. I, it was, it was written
1: very well. I get usually I get introduced and in my mind it's like I know what's coming next with you it was worded differently and it was it was very very well done thank you I appreciate it
0: I I used to do English as a student Mm. so maybe that's where it shows yeah it shows (laughs) thank thank you thank you um so what's amazing about your story Kevin is that from a very long uh, sorry from a very young age you actually um carved out a really successful career for yourself Mm. um so you had a really good job you were earning great salary you were in a great you're in great health or still are in great health and was in a good relationship. But then things sort of took a bit of a tough turn for you. Um, I was just hoping you could talk about sort of, you know, the build up to that moment and, and then sort of what happened when, when things kind of, um, yeah, became tricky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, As Matthew said, in my mid-twenties, I looked super successful. I had a nice car. My girlfriend was a model. I was in the best shape of my life because I had done a bodybuilding show, high-paying job, new apartment, all the quote-unquote markers of success. But I was very insecure. I was not very confident. I was not happy. I didn't feel like I had a purpose, a passion. I felt like I was missing something. And one day, my girlfriend came to me. And we lived in New Hampshire on the East Coast of the United States. And she said, Kev, I want to move across the country to California and I want to chase my dreams. And I gave her every reason in the world, Matthew, why she shouldn't do it. You're, you're going to fail, blah, blah, blah. Cause I was so scarce. I was so insecure. I was afraid of being left behind. And that was the end of that conversation. She came back to me a week or so later and she said, Kev, I'm going to leave you and I'm going to go chase my dreams. I, I don't feel like you're the man for me and you're not supporting me in the ways I, I hope to be supported and I have to go live my life. And that's the the right thing. She should have done that. I'm very grateful she did. But when she did that, Matthew, that was my initial rock bottom of okay, what happened here? I feel like I thought I was in control. Is anybody gonna be able to love me? Am I broken? What's going on here? My initial reaction was, I need to make more money. Because if I need if I make more money, it's gonna fix all the sadness and all this insecurity. So I focused that next year on making as much money as humanly possible. I got a foreman, uh, a a promotion to a foreman at the job I worked at. I was in the weatherization industry. So my job was to make buildings more energy efficient, specifically state and government owned buildings, which is why I made so much money. So the year starts off crazy and I get this promotion and I'm like, this is awesome. And I just kept traveling and traveling and traveling. The majority of the work that we did was in other states because that's we just took any contract we got. So. We get to the end of that year and I had been on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months every single week, living in hotels, living out of my suitcase, driving six hours on a Monday, driving eight hours with traffic on a Friday. Brutal. But I had my last pay stub in my hand. I opened it up and I said, did I do it? Did I make six figures like I wanted to? And I did. I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. And that was great. And it felt really good for like five minutes And then I had that same feeling of, okay, well, I still feel broken. I feel insecure. I'm not confident. For most of my life, and this was my thought process at the time, for most of my life, I have lived unconsciously, just kind of going with the flow, going where life takes me. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And in the very beginning, it was just a passion project. I was just having conversations with friends, but I felt like it had purpose behind it. And that was really the first time I'd ever felt that and pair that with the fact that I didn't care about my job and I did not want to go make more money because I knew the sacrifices that would take. I wanted a podcast. So I started calling out of work. I'd show up to work late. I'd leave the job site early and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And just to paint a picture, this is how homesick I was. I would have to be six hours away from where I lived, that was where we were working, so six hour commute, I'd have to be there 7 a.m. on Monday morning. I would sleep in my bed from 9 p.m. until midnight on Sunday, so 9 p.m. until midnight on Monday morning. I'd get up and I'd drive six hours straight to the job site, and then I'd work an eight hour day, because I just needed another night at home. I couldn't sleep in a hotel again. And it just kept getting worse and worse, and eventually it got to the point where My alarm clock went off at 5.15 in the morning. I was staying in New Jersey in a crusty hotel. I woke up, slid to the edge of the bed. I was lacing up my work boots. And the best way to explain it is there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. And one was saying, you're stuck here forever. You can't leave this job because you're never going to make this money again. If you do leave, what will your friends think? You're more successful than many of your friends. They look up to you. What will your family think? You're more successful than most of your family. They look up to you. What will they think? And do you really think this whole podcasting thing is going to end up being your career? And in that moment, I felt like if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. Now, I didn't have a plan. There was no physical things happening, but it was very much in my mind. I didn't want to be here anymore. If this is what life is, I don't want to live it. I'm very blessed because I have a co-host and a best friend who at the time was just a, a really good friend. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'm, I'm going through this. This is what I'm dealing with. I'm having these dark thoughts, work, all these things. I don't know what to do, man. And he said, Kev, so much has changed over the last couple of years for you, but your environments are predominantly the same. I think you need to change your environment. So I ended up leaving that job two, three, four months later and becoming a very broke entrepreneur and <laughs> becoming a full-time podcaster. And then kind of, that was that was where the, the very beginning of the entrepreneurial business side of things started for me.
0: There's a film up in the air with George Clooney. Never seen it. And, um, he basically just travels from, mm. you know, state to state. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I mean, it is kind of a comedy, but, um, but the way you pitch it, paint it. Yeah, it
1: was, it was like we worked in, so we worked in Virginia, which is down the East coast. And that was like, I think it was at least 12 hours from where I lived. And we used to have to go to the shop first, which was an hour away from where I lived. So it was 12 hours to the the shop, another hour home. We worked first shift. I think we worked from like probably like seven in the morning until like two in the afternoon. And then we went home. And my boss was like, you guys got to stay. And I said, we're not staying. I'm not staying here another night. Like we will drive through the night. I don't care. And the I had somebody in the van with me. So we switched off. But I think we drove 14 hours. So we worked an eight hour day or six hour day and then drove 14 hours straight home. And it was just that was it. Like that was our life. I was in that van so often. I got very familiar with Ford vans. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean that's the other thing that we probably don't appreciate well, I I don't appreciate being from the UK is um how big America is. I mean you, you drive fourteen hours, you get across from one side of the country to the other. No whereas- uh, across is <laughs>
1: across <laughs> takes like four days.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. whole it's
1: big. There's a lot of space. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a big place. Um and so one of the great things you, you mentioned your podcast and one of the great things you do now is talk openly about the challenges, uh the things that others wouldn't feel comfortable about expressing themselves. Um, And one of the things you've spoken about is your addiction to online pornography. Mm. And I was just hoping to ask you about what your situation was when you developed your addiction and and sort of how you, how, how ultimately you overcame it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I don't know when I developed the addiction. I think I always kind of had it. So let me, let me give context. When I was young, there was this thing, and I don't know if there, if you in England or anywhere else in the world had this, but I'm talking like I was probably six or seven years old. We had this thing called the black box. And what a black box did was it gave you access to all the channels. Was it legal? Probably not. How did we get one? <laughs> I don't know. But we had one, and that's all I know. But I remember being exposed to pornography when I was like six, seven, eight years old. Not Nobody showed it to me, but it was on at night. I mean, when everybody went to bed, it was on and I was like, what is this? This is something for sure. This, this is definitely something I've never seen before. So I think I was exposed to it at a young age, which I think definitely didn't help me. And I don't know, I, for me, it was like, it got to the point where every single night before bed, yeah, before bed, I was watching online pornography and, and if that kept happening, like that never stopped. I mean, that was from like 16 until 20... 22, maybe mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, probably 22, 23 every night, every night. Yeah. And what happened was it eventually got to the point where I was in a relationship and I was having sexual dysfunction. I was, I was unable to engage in intercourse because they're, they just, things weren't working because porn had desensitized my brain so much. So I had to completely rewire and it got to the point where there was just so much pain emotionally um mentally emotionally and with my confidence because i i'm a 20 an early 20 year old man like this isn't supposed to happen to me like what's going on here so that really hurt my confidence but i i started researching what happens to your brain on porn and i realized like oh i have to stop this completely like this isn't this isn't for me. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. So eventually I started weaning myself off and weaning myself off. And then it got to the point where my body was kind of back to normal. And I was like, okay, now I know that if that, that thing is like really bad for me particularly. But again, I still have struggles with social media. Like social media is a, it's a tough place. Like there are a lot of people out there that aren't wearing a lot of clothes and that can be, you know, that can definitely be triggering, but I'm, I'm focused on I'll say I'm conscious of it I'm mm. I'm trying to just remain conscious of all times that like look it's a slippery slope and you just got to make sure that you're always thinking that in the back of your head that like this isn't remember what happens if you do go down this road it seems pleasure yeah. pleasurable and it seems awesome but you know that's just a dopamine hit and you know what happens after that so I try to just remember what the pain was. And that helps me, but yeah, it for me that's really what it was. just telling myself, remember, just remember what it was like you don't want it to be like that again, just remember what it was like,
0: yeah yeah um I mean saying saying that now you 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 know you've you've managed to really go on and achieve amazing things um you do a lot of work helping others fulfill their own potential um and what's your feeling on how much is down to a person's hard work and commitment and how much is to do do you think um we've just been in the right from the right background Mm. being at the right place at the right time
1: yeah it's so we had a mentor named david Meltzer, and he put it nicely he talked about quantum potential your quantum ability so i'm not going to be able to dunk a basketball i mean i probably could if i tried every day for the rest of my life i'm five foot four five foot five so Probably not going to be able to dunk a basketball. I'm probably not going to play in the NBA. That's important to understand and to use that as an empowering belief, not a disempowering belief. So I think that as much, and this was very challenging for me, because in the beginning, I wanted to think anybody could do anything. But I do think at a certain level, that's disempowering. So I think it's a mix. I think it's nature. And I think it's nurture. I think it's work ethic. I think it's the ability to get better at certain skills, but we all have, we all have a ceiling that just inherently, this is my my best way to put it, and I don't know how much of the, the podcast you've listened to, but my business partner, Alan, is quite literally a genius. And I'm not just saying he's very smart. Like, he... He's a genius, definitely. There's no there's no questions about that. Went to one of the top technical schools in the world, electrical and computer engineering, masters in business. Like, okay, cool. Go go you.
0: But, <laughs> okay. Right?
1: But we've yeah. had that conversation of I'm not gonna ever be as smart as Alan is. And I'm not saying that to talk badly about myself or to make Alan sound better than he is. That's just the truth of the matter is Alan is playing with quantum abilities that I don't have. His brain is more powerful than mine does that mean I won't work every day to get better? No, but just like I understand human beings at a deeper level than Alan because of my human experience, he understands math and science and numbers and and, you know, that sort of thing better. So I mean, it's hard to answer, right? I think it's a mix of everything, but you have to be very honest with yourself. And I find that most people undershoot most people undershoot and like, they assume, I could never do that. Most people have a lot, there's the delta between what they think is possible for them and what actually is. So I would say it's all of those things as well as how accurate are your beliefs about yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Are you living through an abundant, I can get better and I can grow to this? Or are you living from a limiting belief, I could never be that kind of person? Because this is the beauty of it. And depending if you line it up right. Right. If you're somebody who wants to say you want to make a hundred million dollars. Okay. Can't promise that's going to happen for you. I, I don't know, but I can promise if you try to make a hundred million dollars, you'll probably make way more than you would have if you just said, well, I want to make a million and numbers and the analogy is just money for that point. But think about that. I mean, if you want to have a podcast, it's not hard. If you want to have a very successful world shaping podcast, that's a challenge, but You'll get further than just having a podcast. So I think it's the understanding that the journey is the is really like where it all is anyway. The the Mm. odds of somebody giving me an award in fifty years that says the most successful holistic self improvement podcast in the world probably isn't gonna happen, right? But
0: (laughs) is there an award? We should have that award. You wanna send it. You wanna send it (laughs) over in fifty years.
1: But so that's the point is, but what will I learn in the next fifty years? right? Like yeah. we have cool results now and that's great. But what I've learned over the last five years and the experiences that I've had and my understanding of myself, that's what it's all about. But that never would have happened if I didn't shoot big. I may never mm. get there. I may never get to that, but I'll get way further than I would have gotten if I didn't have big goals.
0: Yeah. No, I really, really like that answer. Mm. Really, you know, I like it a, a sensible balance of, um, yeah you know sort of truth to yourself mm. and also you know high expectations um I mean I guess yeah what I would say I mean I you know in a former life I used to be a, a secondary school teacher mm. a high school teacher and uh you know I guess if a kid sort of came up to me and said I want to be the prime minister you know i would be like fantastic you know go go be the prime minister because if you're not if you don't end up being the prime minister you might you know, maybe you'll be in the cabinet or something mm. or, or you'll be something else very, very successful. If Somebody came up to me and said, I want to, I want to play football in the Premier League. I might say, okay, that's great. Work really hard on that. But also maybe like, you know, focus on your education, ensure yeah. that that's, um, good. So I guess what I would, what I would add to, to that is, um, You know, you want the journey to be going in the direction, a positive direction. If you're going the the, kind of the opposite way to becoming prime minister, then, you know, you're not going to, you know, achieve. So. So, yeah, definitely sort of. Yeah, I guess that's all I say. Just make sure that that, that you're traveling in the right way. I agree. The right direction. I agree. It's
1: It's you'll if you make progress towards something, you'll be better off. You might never hit the goal, but ask yourself, what will it take to even achieve half of the goal, a quarter of the goal? You know, like if you think about it, okay, say we want to have, we want to have 2 billion listens by 2036. And that's an, a very challenging thing that's going to take such hard work, but really think about it. If, if we don't get there, but we do hit one and a half billion, that's pretty good. And if we just said like, (laughs) we want a podcast for fun, we wouldn't get, there's no way we'd get to a billion. Right. So just that, that understanding that if you get to a quarter of a goal that you've set, that might be better than you not setting any goals at all. Probably will be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And that sort of leads me to my next question. So you work, um, obviously you work in podcasting, you're a producer and a host yourself for several years, you know, and you've had fantastic success in a short period of time. Um, And you also advise and consult others who are looking to kind of emulate your success in podcasts. Um, So... Have you ever worked with somebody who's been doing it a similar amount of time as yourself but isn't still quite managing to see the same rewards that you have? Mm. Um, you've achieved, you know, what What problems were they facing and, and kind of what have you said to them?
1: So I'll be very, very honest. Going back to quantum capabilities, I do not expect any of our clients to have the results that we do. Not Not from a place of ego. Number one, there's two of us, Alan and I. Yeah. We both work seven days a week. Not all day, but like Monday through Friday is, you know, could be 16, 17, 18 hour days. So there's two of us. We work a ton. Alan's a genius. Again, like that's important. That's important. (laughs) I'm willing to just endure whatever pain it takes to succeed. And we're both obsessed with what we're doing and we're trying to get better every single day. So I want to throw that out there because many people aren't starting podcasts to change the world. Maybe they want their business to grow a little. They want uh better marketing. They want to connect with people. So I always preface that to my clients of like, you got to understand what level of success you want to have. If it's our level of success, I have to coach you completely different. And I have to be very, uh, not hard on you, but I have to be very honest about everything. Most yeah. people just want to help their business and they want clients and stuff like that. But the advice I I usually give is number one, if you can't be consistent, you, you can't win. You just cannot win without consistency. If you want to do the splits you know, next week, I, I probably don't think it'll, it'll happen for you. But if you want to do the splits this time next year, if you practice every day, it'll probably happen, right? Unless there's some sort of physical um, disability or something like that. It's probably yeah. possible. So consistency is such an important thing. One of the things I see very often is not, not knowing your audience, like, who are we talking to? What are, Who are we talking to? What do they value? What are they struggling with? And how do we make sure we're solving their problems? Those would be two. And then the last one is most people don't treat their podcast like a business. They're like, well, I didn't really feel like recording an episode, so I'm not going to do it. It's like if you were a pizza shop and you didn't feel like opening that day and I'm looking for a slice of pizza, you're losing the opportunity to get me as a listener. And I'm going to have to go find another slice of pizza if that's what I'm looking for. That might be my new show. So understanding the the long-term upside of one new listener is so important. It's so, so valuable over the long run.
0: Yeah. And have you ever said to somebody, oh, I'm not sure this is for yeah.
1: you? <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I. Some people have come to me and said like, well, you know, I, I want it to be like passive. You know, I know when I start this, people will start reaching out and I'll get clients and we'll kind of see what happens. And I always say, no, if you think that's what's going to happen, I don't, this probably isn't for you. This probably isn't something that you should be doing because you're going to start and you're not going to get results right away. And then you're going to, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to think you suck when that's not true. You're just, your awareness is off. So I've definitely told people and I've told people too, like maybe working with us isn't the right, the right move. It's clear that like you really want to take it slow and you want to learn all the intricacies of this and this and this. Right now it's probably not a good fit, but if it is in the future, reach out and and we'll be here. I think honesty is the yeah. best policy. I really do. And I don't want somebody yeah. to start a podcast because I convinced them to. It's not sustainable. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the thing sometimes um with entrepreneurialism, it's it's sort of like you know, there's so much encouragement for people to go out and do it and try it. And, you know, yeah, as you said, sometimes it's possibly not necessarily the right right thing to do. Just like like
1: starting a YouTube channel isn't for everybody. Just like being a speaker isn't for everybody. Could you find value in it? Yes. I do think every person that has a business or every person who wants to impact or every person who wants to make money could benefit from a podcast, but I mean, you could also benefit from a ton of other things. So it doesn't necessarily mean this is the right vehicle for your your goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've talked about your, your business partner, Alan yeah. and sort of what he brings. Um, and you know, you speaking about how hard you worked and I've, and I've heard you say that you get up at four thirty in the morning. Mm. Um, do you, do you ever worry you're not getting enough sleep? No, no that's
1: a great question. <laughs> so oh, people ask often when you're talking about holistic self-improvement, what does that mean? And I, get, I, I get asked that very often. And this is the analogy I use. I went to Allen one day. So my wife and I were not sleeping well because I snore and I, we were rolling all over the place. Like I just roll in the middle and I'm all over the place. And I said, you know what I need? I need one of those adjustable beds where I can, I can adjust the angle. That'll help me with snoring and our beds are separate. So if I'm twitching, she can't feel me. Hmm. But I went to Alan and I said, it's probably going to cost like $4,000, $5,000. What do you think? And he's like, will it help you sleep better? And I said, yes. He said, well, that'll make you more productive. Go do it. Right? So will the thing that I'm doing thus help us help more people make more money and get better? Yes. So it was a decision we made. So to your point, no, because I go to bed no later than 10. Last night might've been 1030, but yeah, nine times out of 10, I'm in bed by 930. So 9.30, yeah. 10.30, 11.30, seven hours. So no, no, I feel good.
0: Uh, it's impressive. I mean, in the in the UK, we sort of, um we heard about kind of Mark Wahlberg's sort of daily routine mm. and he gets up like at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people in the UK, I mean, even 4.30, that seems really, really, but that's probably why we have a fraction in the number of the billionaires than, than America does or something. <laughs> I don't know if that necessarily equates yeah, to it, but yeah.
1: I think we have a lot of tech. That's probably because we have a lot of tech people in the U S like the yeah. vast majority of people are either billionaires are either born into that or it's, I think a lot of it probably comes from yeah. tech because that's one yeah, of the ways yeah. to, to make all that money. But the, I think the other thing too is again, this is my, this is my full-time job. So I I want people to realize, like it's not like I'm getting up at four thirty and doing all this work and then going to an office or anything. For me, th- right now I'm working. Like this is me on the clock. I'm on the clock right now, and it's. I think that's important. <laughs> like I work from home. I don't have to leave the house if I don't want to. I mean, I do for the gym, but other than that, I don't ever have to leave the house if I don't want to. So it, it helps. That's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. And you've spoken about um. You know the importance of sort of approaching. Things holistically, you know, making sure you've you have you have got success sort of in your in your job, but also sort of, you know, a sense of happiness as well, mm-hmm. personally. Um and I've you know, you're speaking really eloquently, not just to me, but to others as well. And I've I've seen you speak spoken with somebody who um the host and they, they had a, like a, a a really nice car. It was like a Ferrari yes. behind Sam,
1: them. Sam Sam Bakhtiar. And... Rest in peace, Sam Bakhtiar.
0: Oh no, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. a few years ago yeah um i mean so do you, do you ever worry that you know that um that there's a lot of pressure um you know sort of either people that, that are trying to improve in the way that uh they feel they should or yeah is is there a conflict between um some of the personal well-being improving holistically mm. but also that the the pressure of sort of Earning the big There, kind of there, Kent. For me or for the audience? Uh, yeah, for you, mm. for you. I mean, so yeah, I did, I did. As I said, I saw you speak, spoke with with Sam. Yeah, and, and was that tough? Is that tough when you're speaking with people who are no?
1: Because I, I'm trying. I always try to be very honest and transparent. I I love money. I'm very driven by money. Not not, and yeah, I want nice things. But growing up as somebody who didn't have a lot of money and I didn't have a lot of certainty. I've always, I don't, and this is a fine line, right? I don't think I'm a better person when I have money, but I'm more abundant. So I can make more abundant decisions, which I believe can help more people. So no, I, there's a lot of pressure for sure. I mean, there's, mm. there's a lot of pressure in running a business and there's so much going on and we've got a big team and all that. But when it comes to that, my wife and I were talking about that the other day. I am not worried about, I'm not worried about it at all. No, No, I worked on my character first. I worked on my character. I think, but again, who knows? If you deposit $50 million into my bank account right now, would I be a little different? I don't know. I mean, would I work as hard? (laughs) I I hope, I I hope to think that if I
0: could run that experiment, Kevin, I'd give you half. (laughs) I'd give you half. So there's a (laughs) win-win, you know? Um, I mean, I guess because you've spoken about the, what your initial reaction to, to, to sort of when you first started, you know, struggling. And your your initial reaction was like, you know, I need to earn some more money. Mm. That will help. So, yeah. Do, but but you're sort of as you would, as you just mentioned, you worked on your character affairs before. Yeah, yeah,
1: that and the fact that at this point, so the one thing that I didn't have when I made the money before was I didn't have any fulfillment. I thought money was going to fix the internal voids. I thought external results will fix internal voids. I've worked so hard on those internal voids over the last five years that that's not why I want the money. I I don't think money is going to make me feel any better. I think it'll bring certainty to me and my family. I think it'll help me impact more people because when we're more successful, people will, it will be easier for people to say, oh, these guys know what they're talking about because you know, everybody, it's hard to influence people when you don't have what people are influenced by. Right. That's, that's an important part of it. That's tough. Right. And I think the other thing is it'll allow me to double and triple down on this. I won't, I won't be doing certain things anymore because I'll be, I'll be yeah. trying to be in front of as many people as possible. And with that money, I can help other people accomplish their goals and better their lives. And it's a, it's an ultimate win, 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 win. But I do understand that a lot of people are, and there's nothing against this necessarily. A lot of people are just in it for the money and that's okay. Okay. Right, but the way our business has been built is based on impact first, like to a detriment yeah. at times, where we will do everything for free because we just want to help as many people as possible. And we've had to figure out like what does that ultimately, what does that mean? Is it sustainable? Are we hurting ourselves by doing that? So we definitely started on the end of everything is free. I just want to add value to. Okay, we have to make sure at least it's sustainable, but we want everything yeah. as much to be free as possible. And we want it to be yeah. as valuable as possible, but at the end of the day, we do have to make sure we're sustainable as a business as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it sounds like you do have to sort of check yourself. Yeah. I mean, you work, you work incredibly hard. You get up really early. You know, you're, you're, you're sort of giving it all. Yeah. So I guess yeah, sometimes you need to.
1: You can you of... can end up, and I don't mean it in a negative way, but just as a as a an example, you can kind of end up a martyr a little bit, mm. where you know I'll stay up all night helping somebody and then it's like i'm just getting three hours of sleep like that's happened in the past for sure right that level is not is not sustainable or having a crisis on the team and having to deal with like some really heavy stuff while i'm out at dinner for somebody's birthday like that's heavy and that takes that takes a piece away from you that you have to get back so that sort of stuff is there and that's a challenge but yeah it's very much one of those things of we're willing to crawl through the mud because we want to help people find the grass. And that's really what we're about. I mean, if you're going to lead by example, I'm okay with struggling. I think that's par for the course. And yeah. I can't tell somebody else to work hard towards their goals if I'm not.
0: You know, I <laughs> better chin- be working at least back. as hard as they are. <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. No. Well, thank you, Kevin, so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, just a reminder, For everyone to check out Kevin's podcast with Alan, Next Level University, and also visit his website, uh, nextleveluniverse.com. So thank you again, Kevin. Take care. Thank you,
1: my friend. It's been a pleasure.